0: welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is still Callie and I am here with my co-host Elise.
1: Hello everyone, we've missed you.
0: We keep having like month-long breaks. This one wasn't intentional, it's just like I feel like every time we wanted to record one of us was like out of town or busy and that's summer for you and now we're like, I mean we're not. Into the holidays yet, but that's also gonna be interesting. But whatever, we don't have to talk about (laughs) we don't have to talk about that. All the things, Um, yeah. Okay, let's like dig into it because Elise has the most fun sparkle. You didn't even tell me what your sparkle is. I'm just assuming
1: Uh, you know,
0: yeah, (laughs) obviously, I know. So go for
1: it, please. We should we say what we're talking about, what our submissions about today? Yeah, that's a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, we've kind of done this one, somewhat before, which just means it's a common topic, um, which should be validating to anyone who relates. Like, this comes up a lot, but it's about sibling dynamics and relationships. And if you have a toxic relationship with your sibling, like, what the hell are you supposed to do? So, this is uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yay! But again, boring, boring, boring. I want to hear your sparkle.
1: Well, before we even popped on, I I thought that I was smelling pee, which will make sense when I share my sparkle. But I just had my like supplements for the day out, and it's <laughs> my prenatal vitamin smells like pee.
0: Ew! What prenatal <laughs> are you taking?
1: Well, the one that I usually take, I ran out of, so I have like a backup that's like just as good. But it, I don't typically take it. It just smells like. It's like one of those like horse pills. That's like huge. And I was like, there has to be pee in here somewhere. And then I literally just smelled the prenatal and it smelled like pee. So I just took it really quick.
0: Oh my God. Oh, and you don't take it with food? Damn.
1: I just ate a sandwich. Oh, okay. You told you told me I need to eat carbs before I take my pills.
0: It doesn't have to be carbs. It just needs to be anything. It, well, like- I,
1: I, if I don't eat carbs, like I feel nauseous.
0: Oh, well, 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 then yeah. But (laughs) I, by all means, mine tastes like lemon. That's like a common thing. And it really turns some people off, but I don't mind it at all. I like the lemon.
1: Yeah. Mine are disgusting, but whatever.
0: Your your Uh, flavored wasn't something I was going to sign up for voluntarily.
1: Yeah. No, I, I typically don't take it, but I, I, found the culprit and I took it. So now hopefully it doesn't smell like pee anymore. But the reason that I was even worried about there being a pee smell is because we got a puppy. (laughs) We are insane. Carl and I's three year wedding anniversary was Wednesday and I have been bugging him for like probably six months to a year about wanting to get a wiener dog named Beans and so we could call him Beanie Weenie. And Carl found the guy and I guess the lady brought him down from Chicago and now he's Beanie Weenie Dean.
0: Beanie Weenie Dean.
1: He's so cute. He's yeah, so he snuggly. If you hear him crying, he hate he like hates being alone. He's right next to me in his crate, but We'll see. We'll see how it goes.
0: What a baby. He's so cute. What a sweet baby. And so little boy puppies love their human mommies. I
1: know. It's so funny because Carl, like when we talked about like, if we get a dog next, like what gender it would be. And he was like, we have to get a boy dog. Like I need another like boy in the house with all girls and i was like okay he's like it, it's going to be like me and him against like he had this whole thing that it was going to be like the boys club and like beans literally won't leave my sight and like yeah. he just follows me everywhere he just is a little snuggle bug so
0: yeah we have three boy cats and they definitely show blatant favoritism even grandpa oh, the asshole like <laughs> so allergic to him and he like headbutts oh my god he is the worst cat in the world and he like rubs your his snot all over you and then like sneezes and like digs his nails into you i mean he's genuinely horrible and he (laughs) walks in and beelines for me and i'm like get away (laughs) andrew's like come here buddy come here buddy come over here she's gonna murder you but like why why do you come straight for me he loves his mom. No, he doesn't. That's the thing. There is no love in that cat. He does like affection. Not, I mean, not often. He just likes it. But then he like ruins it by sneezing and being disgusting. Ugh. It's fine. Honestly, I know I sound like a horrible person when I'm talking about this cat, <laughs> but this is not my cat. I rescued from my brother. But my mom was here and <laughs> She was here for like five days and finally on like the third, and remember the cat went from my brother, from a, from a shelter to my brother, to my mom, who was then like, this is, this cat sucks. And then they were going to put the cat down. And then Andrew and I were like, you can't do that. You can't just like put a cat down for no reason. We'll take him. And now I'm like, oh wait, you can definitely put a cat down for no reason. <laughs> what was I thinking? And now she like defends him, which is like bullshit. I'm like, you were literally going to kill this cat. Like you don't get to make me feel like a bad person because yeah. I've had this cat now for over a year. Yeah. Yes. And the he's fat, like six months left to live has definitely extended his stay by over a year.
1: And isn't he like 15 years old?
0: No, he's 16. He's 16.
1: 16.
0: Yeah. 16 years old fuck that. So, excuse me, I'm going to work up. She's here. And on the third day, she was like, this cat fucking sucks. (laughs) I was like, I know. She's like, he is so horrible. He is awful. And I was like, I know, I know you did this to me. And she's like, you didn't have to write. And I was like, mom, you called me every night crying because you were sad that you were going to put this cat down. And what is a daughter supposed to do? Of course, we're not going to let our mommies just sit there and cry. We're going to solve it. We're going to make it better. I'm going to take the goddamn cat. And she was like, I'm sorry. This is like, (laughs) he's like the worst pet I've ever (laughs) encountered with. Like he's so disgusting. And then he just wails and screams. So he's an outdoor cat now. anyway. But during (laughs) rainy season, like, California is weird. Our summer is August and September. Like it's no, it's like September, October. Oh God. So it's like super hot. And then in November, December, January, sometimes February, it's rainy season. And so I'm very nervous about what's going to happen when it's raining outside. Cause he get him
1: like a little cat house.
0: No, maybe he can die. Like we just have an agreement that you had a good run buddy and it's over
1: oh poor grandpa go he's gonna be happier in kitty heaven oh I know I know there's no
0: way I mean he's no he's ha- he's so happy right now he basically eats the equivalent of McDonald's every day like the little the friskies wet mm-hmm. pound food he gets out he gets to go outside when his brothers don't he has like chase, well, whatever he sleeps all day. But like when he is awake, he like chases flies and like, no, he's, he lives the best life ever. He doesn't want to die. do not want to die. I'm making it way too easy on him. You would think that he lives a horrible life because of how much I hate him, but he's happy as a plan. He's going to, he's going to be kicking it for a couple more years. I will. Anyway. So yeah, my third acquisition to the family was a disaster.
1: Yours sounds like it's going way better. Yeah, well we're two days in and I'm sleep deprived already. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, but he's worth it. He's so cute. He's
1: so cute.
0: Um so yeah, I guess my sparkle is can grandpa die yet? <laughs> the best part is that I swear my neighbors can hear me, say shut up,
1: grandpa. And like oh. they're really talking to like an actual grandpa. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Well, my when god. you t- <laughs> when we were texting, I I read it really quickly, and then I was like, oh my god, is Callie's like grandpa dying? Like, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, we're talking about oh. the cat. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, we had friends come over and meet him, and we they were like, what was grandpa's name as like a like a baby? Like, did you name him? I was like, you think I raised this fucking asshole from birth. I was like, that is offensive. I offended. <laughs> Absolutely not. I was like, his name was Mr. Spotsman. Okay. And that was, oh, an yeah. Lie. yeah. Fuck that cat. Okay. Anyway, sorry about that. I like totally put a tamper on your amazing story because and then, by the way, if you want to see how cute Beans is, like, he really is so fucking cute. You should go to Elise's Instagram because like this, he looks like a cartoon. He's so He,
1: cute. he literally looks like a stuffed animal. And I think Millie, he weighs 5.4 pounds. I took him oh. to the vet today and it took me, I was in there for two hours because everyone was like, I'm going to hold him. I want to hold him. And I'm not going to be like, no, sorry. I gotta go. I was like, okay sure so but yeah he's a stinking QT, and he loves me so much and is he like licks inside my nostril
0: oh that's disgusting but he's so cute he's so cute well congrats and yay carl for
1: listening and executing yeah i hope it's gonna be a good distraction for our fourth round of ivf so i just can put all my energy into beans
0: Yeah, that's probably right. Which, by the way, do you want to give an update on that?
1: Yeah, I'm starting starting my fourth round of IVF in a couple weeks. So, Jesus, take the wheel.
0: (laughs) Dr. Q, take
1: the wheel. Dr. Q, take the wheel.
0: But your doctor knocked up, take the wheel. But your protocol is totally different this time.
1: Yeah, we're doing everything completely differently. So, hopefully, we get...
0: Just so y'all know, I'm not going to go into the science behind this because for probably 80% of you, you're like boring, 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 boring. but Elise and my diagnosis were, could could not be more radically different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you, you know, we, we both kind of have male factor, which is also hilarious that there's one diagnosis for men and it's called male factor. Yeah but like there's also like a lot of things within male factor of course but they're men so they just just the one because yep. they're overwhelmed if they have multiple you know things that could be wrong so we just group it together to make it easy on them but we both have like you know minor well well on your end I think it's kind of a little more pronounced and then we had minor but my diagnosis was I mean it, it like it could not be any more different yeah um like I ovulate you don't I have. I don't have a great, uh, reserve of eggs left. You do like, Mm -hmm. it's just, everything is opposite and our protocols, I, we realized we're the same. I know we're basically the same, which is insane. And that protocol is gold for someone like me. That's like exactly what you do. And for you, it's like, I mean, I, I'm thinking about it now and I'm just like, that is so Backwards, that they that he did that to you, yeah. No, I know it's like that protocol would put your ovaries to sleep, whereas they wake mine up. Yep, yeah.
1: My, my, like they literally gave my ovaries Xanax and then they were comatose and then like shot them up with speed. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that that.
0: Chrissy, wake up. (laughs) I don't like this. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I just, you know, I'm a realist. I want my science to line up. And I'm so that's why I can say with full confidence that I'm so much more hopeful for this round.
1: Me too. I am too. I'm ready to go. I feel like I'm in a good headspace. So, yeah, I'm in a good headspace for you. Okay, I'm going to read this letter. Okay. Hey. Let's get into it. Okay,
0: dear blush. I need help navigating a relationship with my family, namely my sister. My sister, let's call her Kate, is four years older than me. There's always been some tension in the relationship. I remember even when we were young and on the playground, Kate would make me go make friends first, and then once everyone was getting along, she'd ask everyone to run away from me as a game. I've dealt with it my whole life, but I've loved her nonetheless. We've had highs and lows, but one of the highs was when Kate started having children. She has three kids and I love them so much. I love being an aunt and FaceTiming them is one of the highlights of my weeks. They seem to love me back and every time we get together, it's a joy. While our relationship has not been perfect during this time, Kate's kids have made it a little easier. That is until I had kids. I had twin girls last June. For context, I moved across the country with my husband and left my parents and sister who still live in my hometown. So having twin girls alone was tough, but doable. Our first visit home was for Christmas, which couldn't have been better timing, except for the fact that COVID was running rampant. Like most twins, my girls were preemies, so we took great precautions to ensure they wouldn't get sick. We even rented a sprinter to drive home so we could avoid airports and public restrooms on the way back. We were very clear with my family about taking precautions in the couple of weeks leading up to us arriving and made sure they understood we wouldn't be visiting with a lot of friends or other family members to protect our little ones. While we were there, my sister Kate hid the fact that she wasn't feeling well while playing with the girls. Once we left for the long drive back, she let it be known that she tested positive for COVID. And right on schedule, we came down with it when we finally made it home. I never got an apology or really an acknowledgement from her, just a glad you made it home safe and that was it. I am terrified of confrontation and decided to let it go. Anytime I try to set a boundary or advocate for myself, I shut down. Fast forward and I take a small trip with my girls to my family's vacation home in Florida. I just wanted a little getaway with just us and it was perfect until my sister saw on social media that I was there. She lost her mind, called my parents nonstop and asked why it wasn't cleared with her first. She has it in her head that the vacation home should always be offered to her first and was livid that I was there without her consent. My parents kept me in the loop and the trip was ruined because of all the communication. I got over that and decided to go back home for my kid's first birthday. As soon as we pulled up to the house, my sister, who lives a few doors down, saw my car, packed up her things and the kids, and left for the full two weeks I was home. Mind you, at this point, she's only met my daughters at Christmas and I didn't get to see my nieces or nephews at all. Anytime she's upset, she holds their children hostage and refuses to let them see family. At this point, I don't know what to do. I don't understand why my sister is always mad at me and I don't know why she doesn't want to be close to my children the way I'm close to hers. It hurts my feelings so much. As stated, she has a tendency of doing whatever she wants and my parents always acquiesce. But when it comes to me and my boundaries, they are ignored by everyone. I really want a relationship with my sister. I love her. I love her children, but I'm constantly hurt and let down by her. And I'm not sure what I can do to mend this relationship. Any advice from Can We Ever Get Along? Good Lord.
1: Mm. This sounds very toxic. (laughs) 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 Toxic times 20. And it sounds like there's a lot of enabling going on by the parents and- I'm very confused by the vacation home thing. Like, does the sister own the vacation home? Or she said it's my family's vacation home.
0: No, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's the parents'. Yeah. I don't know. what I'm assuming this person's a millennial and what millennials like own vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like That's a boomer thing. So I'm going to go ahead and say that it's the parents. Yeah.
1: Vacation. I, um, I think the letter writer really needs to get used to and practice setting and enforcing boundaries and having consequences for your boundaries not being set and i know that that's scary but practice makes more comfortable and so if you can get used to doing that and just know that people especially if you've gone so long without setting boundaries especially with your family members i feel like family members are the hardest people to set boundaries with like it's gonna feel like it gets worse before it gets better mm-hmm. but if like clearly this relationship is taking a huge toll on you and you know it just seems super toxic and unhealthy and draining to me and so i think some boundaries and some distance would be wonderful
0: yeah i mean i think so too but like the thing is is i think you just said it might get worse before it gets better but like the better might not be the relationship between her and her sister the better might be just her feeling better in general that she's not constantly concerned about what her sister Thinks or says or does. um I mean, honestly, if this has been going on since the playground, I love that tidbit because it's like, okay, it's not like they were like close growing up and then some pivotal thing happened and the sister's been harboring resentment for forever and like whatnot. It's like this has been going on since they were children that yeah. the sister takes advantage, has the little sister do all her bidding. And then as soon as she feels like she's in control, she edges her out.
1: Mm -hmm. Like that's not cool. And I think that everybody has like expectations or hopes of what relationships with family members will look like. And I think that when your experience is so far from what you had hoped, like I think you almost go through like a little bit of a grieving process. And the reason that I think, This situation is probably just as hurtful to you every single time something like this happens, is because maybe there's a little bit of hope within you that something will change and you guys will get to a good place and you guys will get into a groove with your dynamic and be friends. And unfortunately, just knowing the fact that this has been happening your entire life, and it seemed like you know, when you're in a relationship, you can only control how you act and how you respond to how other people act. And so, yeah, I just think that you're you're going to have to come to a place of acceptance that this relationship is not ever going to be what you hope or think or wish that it will be. And then if something surprises you one day, then amazing, let it be a surprise. But I think you definitely got to get to the place where you're like, I got to let go of this idea that I had for our relationship.
0: Yeah. And I mean, she has to let go of the idea that her parents are ever going to do anything about it too. It could be as the vacation home thing. I think what makes me the most mad about it is like, why was she ever in the loop with this? Like, you know what I mean? So she's in Florida. Her parents are not in Florida. Her sister is not in Florida. So why the hell was she even privy to this dynamic?
1: You know, that's kind of how my, my dynamic is in my family. Like there, it's literally like anything that I do, there's always a conversation between like my mom and my brother about it. Like, and it's, it's not ever like a whole convers. It's not, it's not like a, everybody's in the loop. Like I'll tell my mom something or I'll tell, you know, whatever. And then someone will tell it's, I don't know. It's, it's really tough
0: we have that too, because my parents are divorced. So I always have to have separate conversations um, because it's not like my, I mean, I guess my mom and my dad do talk. It's not like they don't talk. Um, it's not like they're not friends or on great terms. It's just, you know, I don't expect them to be in contact every day. So, I mean, I get that. And like, we definitely have a telephone thing going on too, but you know, I, and I think every family does, but like, what was the point of making this girl feel bad when she's using a vacation home that's meant to be used and like sister's upset for no, like, I still can't figure that out, which makes me think the parents are a little spineless when it comes to big sis. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if little sis is like waiting for the parents to step in. And like, to me, that situation shows like, They're not only are they not gonna step in, but they are so whipped by their oldest daughter,
1: or Mm -hmm.
0: I guess older daughter. I I don't know if they're the oldest, um, that like forget about it. And I would imagine if these women are old enough to have children, this dynamic has been going on for like at least what,
1: 25 years? Yeah. But now that children are involved, I mean, we t- we've talked about family systems here and like generational patterns that get passed on. And I think that maybe a silver lining that the letter writer can look at this through is like this, this dynamic that I've been a part of has been so unhealthy and so toxic for so long, but now I have twin girls who will be sisters. And now I get to I get to teach them and I get to show them what is healthy and what is not. And then that's the thing. It's like, whenever you have bad experiences or trauma or like family shit down the line, like there's not a lot, I mean, you can do what you can to try to heal from that and like make things better. But again, you're involving a a lot of different people with a lot of (laughs) different trauma and experience and different capacities for doing the work and healing from those things. So. I just think instead of looking backwards and putting your energy into trying to get a great relationship with your sister and trying to get your parents to understand where you're coming from, like, I think you just need some space. I think you just, and whether or not you communicate that is up to you, but just distance yourself, create some space. Maybe don't go for Christmas next year. Go to your husband's family or do your own thing. And then, you know, Create some space and it won't feel so big of a problem in your life. And then utilize that energy into teaching your girls how to be healthy and kind and compassionate towards each other.
0: Yeah. Like learn how to hold a grudge, man. (laughs) Yeah. This is my favorite thing to say to my dad. He's like, nothing ever bothers him. His family dynamic is like just one for the age. Of, oh, he did finally learn how to hold a grudge a little bit because he stopped talking to, um, Oh fuck. I'll just say it. He stopped talking to his mom. <laughs> like they haven't talked in like three or four years. Like they just do not speak. And that was like a huge moment. I was like, Oh my God. I'm so proud of you. Well,
1: and- <laughs> I, I listened to this podcast, um, that was kind of about family dynamics and it, and it was just a little blurb and I'll, I'll try to say it how he said it, but it was basically like, there's this narrative around family that like blood is thicker than water. And if someone is your relative, that they get like a free pass and that no matter how they treat you or what they do, it's like your role as a family member to always forgive, always come back to the family unit, preserve the family unit at all costs. And this guy was like, fuck that. Like there's a lot of horrible, unhealthy, toxic people in the world. And some of you are related to them, you know? And if, if that's the case, you shouldn't just be like wavering your boundaries to preserve this family unit that society says is important. You know, it's like you, you focus and prioritize the people that treat you well and are, are good to you and you're good you know, and that are healthy.
0: Right. I mean, I think from an evolutionary perspective, it's, it is a little primal in us because if you think about it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, in order to literally survive, we had, we were, we were packs, right? We, we had to bond together in order to lean on each other and raise a family and find shelter and have enough sustenance and, and all of that. Like it wasn't up for debate. We had to have family and we had to live by, you know, that principle, that family above everything else. Otherwise you're going to die. And so at this point in society, you know, I wish sometimes we had more of a pack mentality. I think there's so much isolation now. That's why depression and anxiety are at an all-time high. Uh, we do struggle with loneliness But the silver lining here is that we no longer need those family ties in order to survive. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of opportunities and possibilities outside of your family dynamic. I mean, hell, there's, you know, the chosen family isn't just a saying. It's actually like a psychological term. Like that's to choose your family. We have that available to us now, which is why I've always preached burn it down. Like just stop because there are so many other people out there who you can form sisterly bonds with who if you want that. And I get it, it's a lot easier to have familiar familial bonds because you know you were raised with them when you were so young and it's natural. But at the same time, those cycles are so ingrained in us that they're a lot harder to break and it takes two to tango. Mm -hmm. And so I keep coming back to the point that like the parents aren't gonna change, like they're not gonna step in and be like, hey. Kate you're being a bitch you know And like you need to be nicer to your little sister it's like okay well that's not gonna happen um and then she said that like her boundaries like she doesn't set boundaries but then she's like but I do sometimes and they're ignored it's like well yeah it seems like you set one for the Christmas COVID debacle and then she not only lied and said that she she wasn't, she was feeling fine. Oh, I don't know if she acknowledged it or not, but she like clearly wasn't feeling fine and shouldn't have been around those girls. And then like, couldn't even own up to what happened. So it's like, okay, your boundary was already violated, but then you don't even like setting boundaries. That's a whole other thing. and You're going to have to set boundaries with people who aren't your family members. You're going to have to set boundaries with your kids. You're going to have set boundaries with, you know, friends, with coworkers, whatever. So like, that's, a muscle that you have to go and address and strengthen at some point but with this dynamic i think the boundary is just i think i'm done meaning like i'll hang out with y'all but it's like stop letting things go right mm-hmm. like that's why i said earlier like learn how to use your how many times has this letter writer said and then i let that go and then i got over it and i was willing to see past it. It's like, well, stop doing that because that's why your boundaries aren't respected. Well, ask it's like never been punished or had consequences before in her life. So it's like, why would she start now?
1: But ask her like, always ask, like, what's your key motivating factor in just letting it go? Like, is, do you, are you second guessing? Avoidance, Yeah. Or is she thinking like, I don't know. Is she second guessing that like, are her concerns valid? You know, like there's a lot of different, yeah.
0: I don't think so. I mean, don't get me wrong. That is usually a huge key motivating factor. And I would say that's a super common one. The only reason I'm going to disagree with that is because the COVID thing, because this woman was so dead set on not getting COVID that she fucking went to the sprinter. Yeah. (laughs) Like a bathroom. Sorry. It's not funny, but it's, I mean, like, I'm just saying that's like, that's pretty extra, right? Like, most people who are like worried about COVID during that time are like either just not going to go or wear an N95 and call it a day. She was like, no, we're like, we're going to make this happen. And she set intense boundaries and then they were just violating. So to me, this screams avoidance of, I don't want confrontation.
1: Yeah. Which makes sense if she has a hard time setting boundaries to begin with, but As someone, AKA me, who used to have no boundaries, no backbone, I was the people-pleasing queen and a half, now I set boundaries all the time and it's like great and I don't have any second guesses about it and I just throw those babies down. And the thing is, yes, you have to know what your boundaries are and you have to communicate them to people, but then you also have to have consequences for your boundaries not being met. And what I learned is that your you have to be okay with the consequence happening at the time that you're setting the boundary. Mm-hmm. So like don't say i'll never talk to you again if you're not okay with that happening at the time that you're setting the boundary. But like the whole covid situation to me is just blatant disrespect. Like right. i i don't care like if you're related or not. I that just screams disrespect to me. Oh, Which- absolutely. Which you want your people that are your people to have values that align with yours. And I don't know. I just, it's, it's hard for me to stand behind people that just don't give a fuck about other people.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've had situations in my life. I mean, not directly to me, but I've watched this where a sibling has given another sibling COVID after traveling And, um, it happens like COVID makes no sense to me because sometimes people get exposed in close quarters and then they don't get it. And then sometimes you're in a, you're outdoors and you like barely see someone who has COVID and then you get it, you know, like it, there's no, I mean, I'm not saying there's no rhyme or reason, but I will say it's a little unpredictable and it it does happen and people don't mean for it to what I'm angry about is that she was experiencing symptoms and didn't say anything and then didn't even apologize or acknowledge it afterwards like the sibling dynamic that I actually got to observe it was like (laughs) they were mortified like I mean mortified like they were just like oh my god wrap it up like this is like it's it's the end I want to Pass away right now. (laughs) Like, I hope COVID takes me. This is so embarrassing. And, like, I'm not saying that's how you have to react, but it does show remorse. It shows, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I really didn't want this to happen. Are you guys okay? And, like, kids weren't even involved in that situation. Like, you're talking about preemies. And what I didn't know about preemies, and like, I I still don't know shit about this, but like, I was with a preemie not too long ago, and like, they're measured and their milestones are different. Like, because it takes them a while to catch up. Mm. So they're small for a while, meaning their immune system and everything about them is a little delayed. I mean, of course, at some point everyone catches up and we're all good, but in that first year of life, I would imagine it's super critical to protect them. So sister wasn't even just that. That's the difference. That's why she could set this boundary, by the way. Notice that she wasn't setting it for herself.
1: She was setting it for her babies.
0: Uh Uh Yeah,
1: I caught that. That's totally something I would do too. Like, I can't do it for myself, but I'll do it for the people I love. Oh,
0: I'll do it for beans. Yeah. I'll do it for beanie, weenie, Uh, so, Yeah. So, I mean, if that's what it takes, by the way, to decide to stand up for yourself, think about what relationship you're modeling to your yes. girls. Yes. Like you are in a sister dynamic right now that is so far gone and messed up and toxic, and not healthy, and is that really what you want to model to your kids? Because I'll say, like, I grew up watching a very odd brother-sister dynamic, and, like, thank God it didn't penetrate into the relationship that I have with my brother, and not that my brother and I really got along growing up, but I don't think that had anything to do with modeling, but, like, you know, we get along now, um, and everything's good now, but, like, that was the, our saving grace is that we just didn't live close. Right mm-hmm. to that particular family, and like really never did. And then when we did it shit hit the fan, and it was clear that this was like not healthy. Um, but that's like that's a huge risk to take mm-hmm. to say, I'm gonna keep doing this just because it's what I've always done, and I'm just gonna keep trying. And remember, the definition of insanity is what is it trying? To... <laughs> Wait, what are you doing am- the
1: same, doing the same, same thing over and over, and over again, expecting,
0: expecting different results. Yeah. It's like, that's what you're doing. And is that really what you want to show your girls? Do it that for one girls. can always have the upper hand and never have any consequences because the sister clearly doesn't have any
1: consequences. And, and never has no. like, from anyone. Packing
0: up and leaving and like holding the kids' houses. This Okay, this is the one thing that I really don't have any advice on. I feel bad. Maybe you do, Elise, because you're more familiar with the situation. My brother doesn't have children. And so I don't really understand. And like I like kids, but like not really. So like they're they're fine. Um but I've never felt like this is gonna sound bad because some of my friends have kids. But like it's it's not like I don't like their kids. They're great. But I've never had like the oh my gosh, I am so in love. I need to FaceTime them. I need to see them. I need to be involved in their lives like paying. And I think that kind of maybe comes with nieces and nephews um, and you have a nephew. So I, I don't really have a lot of advice on how to deal with the fact that a falling out with her sister will inevitably result in a falling out with the kids, which they didn't do anything wrong. And they are so close and that's hard.
1: That's really tough. I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't even thinking that <laughs> Like I, was, I, I wasn't know. even considering that dynamic, you know, I think that I, I love kids. I love all kids. Like give me your kid and I'll take them please. (laughs) Like (laughs) I love, I love all kids. And I do think that my relationship with my nephew is not where it would be if I wasn't going through infertility stuff. And so not that that's the same dynamic here, but like, I do feel like my relationship with my nephew isn't as close and strong as I like, you know, I see him and I love on him and he's adorable, but like, I'm not FaceTiming him. I'm not seeing him that often because it's triggering for me and it's still super hard. And so that's my relationship with him is obviously impacted by life circumstances and that sucks. And the way that I just think of it is like, hopefully it won't be that way forever. And, you know, I don't really have any advice beyond that. I think this situation is tough because, you know, you want to try to not approach your nieces and nephews the same way that you approach the sibling that you have this issue with. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, I don't think that you should subject yourself and your daughters into situations just for the sake of having a relationship with your nieces and nephews is that horrible
0: no I mean that's obviously that was going to be my take
1: but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm
0: trying to acknowledge the fact that that's really tough and I do think that the older those kids get to the more you yes or the relationship with them independent of their mom which might be kind of a hot take Uh, But like sending gifts and like, if they do get old enough to get a phone or an iPad or whatever, you can FaceTime them, you know, and talk with them. And also, by the way, I'm not necessarily saying don't ever see your sister again. Like genuinely, I I actually don't think that this is one of those situations, well, I don't know the COVID thing pretty bad, but it's like, you know, it doesn't seem like you're that angry with your parents, which. I'm not going to lie. I think I'd kind of be, I'd be like, yeah. hey, you like think this is okay. But if you still want to have a relationship with your parents and well, of course you do. And you know, whatever my take on this would be stop expecting that she's going to change. Yes. When she sees you and packs up and leaves like breathe in a big sigh of relief and be like, great. Don't have to deal with that for this, these next two weeks. You know, if she doesn't, then it's like, cool. I'm not going to, whatever. And if you have boundaries that you need to set, don't expect her to respect them. And so in that situation, like, especially with COVID, then it might just be like, Hey, we're like, sorry, we're not going to do this again. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be that that is passed and maybe you have new boundaries and maybe it doesn't matter so much if she respects them or not. And you just have to deal with the fact that, um, you know, I don't know. She might, she just might not be there for you and might not respect them. But like, I think there's two parts of this. Like, one, you can definitely say, burn it down. I'm never talking to you again. I don't want a relationship. And then the second thing that you could do is just basically ignore her and not expect anything
1: from her, but not like throw the relationship away. But if you choose to do that, you have to get to a place where you are indifferent. Right. And and indifferent and acceptance, I think goes hand in hand. Like you need to, if you want any sort of relationship with your sister, you have to expect nothing from her and you have to be okay with that. And you have to come to every engagement. If you're going to do holidays together, if you're going to do vacations together, you need to go into that with the headspace of like, expect the worst, don't react, don't engage. Because when you have someone like a family member where you've had decades of history, like I feel like when people interact, especially when it comes to conflict, there's like a very delicate choreographed dance that happens where someone makes a dig, the other person responds. And then it's like, you get into this cycle that has been habitual for, you know, the whole time that you've interacted your whole life. And so find other ways of engaging, right? Like I know when my brother's trying to press my buttons and in the past I would get all heated, all worked up. I would throw a fit. I would be dramatic. And then I would be the one that's the problem because I'm making a seed, which is so fucked up. But now anytime I, can tell that he's trying to get under my skin. I, I literally say like, Hmm, sounds like you're having a bad day Yeah, or or something, just something so off that he's like confused and then like goes away. Like, I'm just going to come out and say this, sorry, but your
0: brother to me seems antagonistic. This sister just seems really selfish. Yeah. There's a difference antagonistic is like, I am trying to piss you off. I am trying to ruin your day because you getting angry and feeling bad and getting worked up makes me happy. Yeah. Being selfish is just not respecting or caring about someone else's feelings. They're both bad, but when I feel like being around antagonistic people is a lot harder to deal with. And that's when I would remove myself from a situation. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be your entertainment for the night. Like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go prey on someone else or g- g- get that energy out elsewhere. Like, I am not your pawn in this. This is ridiculous. Someone who's selfish. It's just like, stop caring about what, what they want to like. It goes both ways. Stop mm-hmm. catering to them. Stop giving and stop expecting anything from them. And I feel like if you can get to that mindset, it actually can work. And you're like, oh yeah, she's just like really selfish. Like I have selfish people in my life and I'm like, yeah, that's just kind of it It's Like you can't really expect them to like cater to you. And so if you're going to hang out with them, just know that. But it's not like they're like poking at me. Like it doesn't feel personal, I guess. Yeah. With difference. yeah. Like, I'm not convinced this bad behavior is targeted. At little sister, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like not gonna I feel like maybe Kate is just a selfish bitch, and that's just like who she is, and she probably doesn't have great relationships outside of the family either because if this is how she treats people, it probably it doesn't bode well. Yeah, and so is it someone I want to seek out to be friends with? No, but like, can I manage her? Probably. You just drop yeah. all expectations. Understand. She's probably not going to be aunt of the year. She doesn't give a shit. All she cares about is her needs, her wants, and her family. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you do you, your loss. But with mm-hmm. someone who's antagonistic, it's like, they need me to participate in their sick game in order to feel good. Mm-hmm. I don't like that.
1: Yeah, no, it's sorry. That. It's not that. <laughs> no, I think that's a good, At least I it's think. Like, I also do not like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fan. I think that's a good distinction to make though because I, in my mind, I was like thinking of it differently. But now that you've put it that way, I think that, yeah, it really isn't the same. And I do think that someone who is selfish would probably be easier to manage and to maintain a relationship with.
0: I agree because you're not really asking them to change at all. With someone who's antagonistic, it's it's either that you put on, you know, noise canceling headphones and dark sunglasses. So you just like try and block them out and yeah. they're a mosquito in your ear. And it's just, it takes so much self-control and so much patience. And I don't see how you don't leave interaction, every interaction just completely drained. And just needing to take a week to yourself because that was so much work in order to like not rise to the occasion. I mean, that just, it's too much work on the victim, whereas Someone being around someone else who's very selfish. It's like, all you say is like, yeah, they're a selfish bitch. What'd you expect? Yeah. And all of a sudden that's just clarity. It's like, oh, it's not about me. It's about them. It sucks that you're not willing to do the work. It sucks yeah. that you're willing to throw away every relationship you have because you think that your needs are more important, but that's on you. That's your choice. Yeah. Me? I'm just going to go do something else. And if you set a boundary, they're probably not going to respect it. So then you, you have to decide how important is that boundary? Is mm-hmm. Are your pretty little girls going to get sick from it? Okay, well then guess what? We're not going back home this year. Mm-hmm. But is it more of a, hey, bring dessert to the family dinner? Well, it's like, okay, we'll just get it back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're going to forget. So just make sure that you have an extra pie on hand. Is that the worst thing ever so that you get to hang out with your niece and nephew? No.
1: And don't feel pressure on yourself to show up and like, fit in. I used to, you know, I don't know. I was raised like preserve the family unit at all costs. That's what's most important. And the more that I have grown up, I guess, and become an adult, the more I'm realizing that I don't owe really anything to anybody. I need to do what's in my best interest and what's in the best interest of my little family that I'm creating. And- Beanie, weenie,
0: deenie.
1: Well, beanie, weenie, beanie and Millie Gill and Savage Lou, (laughs) you know, but I think don't, don't doubt yourself or don't feel like you're not being a good sister or you're not being a good daughter because you're putting these things into place because it's gonna end up benefiting the entire family unit. If you are the one who takes care of yourself first, you know?
0: Yeah. I think my last and final thought is um, if you keep forcing this relationship, your daughters are going to pick up on it and then they're going to wonder why their aunt doesn't care about them when you care so much about your niece and nephew. I'm not saying to stop caring about your niece and nephew because that's not fair. I think you can obviously model what love looks like and what attention looks like um, and what being a good aunt looks like. But just know if you keep trying to force this and keep chasing this, it's going to show your daughters that maybe and your daughters are going to be too young to understand yeah. and they're going to maybe think it's about them that, oh,
1: she doesn't like me. Which that is the seed of limiting beliefs being created. And yes. you, yeah, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for those cute little nugget girls. Yes. Little
0: nuggets. Yeah. I mean, they should be your driving force now in terms of motivation to start learning how to set boundaries and advocating for yourself. And if that requires going to talk to a therapist about this stuff, great. If that actually, that's like in life coaching's wheelhouse.
1: Yeah. Come, come work with me. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Actually, yeah. Go work with Elise because she'll whip you up real good uh, because you went
1: through it. Yeah. Well, you. And, but it wasn't, you were, had to coach me through that situation. And I had major resistance about it, you know, until I finally was like, actually, I think I'm too tired to maintain this.
0: Learn how to hold a grudge. And I don't mean like, you know, that whole Zen thing, like hold a grudge and wake up every morning angry, but it's like, learn how to not let things go. We don't have to let everything go in order to be a healthy person. I cannot stand that narrative that in order to be like Zen and calm and healthy and like a centered person, you have like no grudges against people. It's like, really? Yeah. No, I (laughs) like Part of standing up for yourself and having boundaries and values is determining that things are unhealthy and toxic and is deciding to not let things go and to have grudges.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can't have both ways, guys. There's nothing wrong with grudge. Love them. Love them.
0: (laughs) They're the best. Okay, I think that's a wrap. Unless you have any final thoughts.
1: Um, just like get a puppy and that will keep your attention off of other things. Yeah, I think um, she's probably good. Twins, oh my God.
0: Woo! Bless you, bless you, mama. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, Uh, well, for real, can't we get along? You should consider joining Blush to work on self-advocacy and boundaries Mm -hmm. and also like learning how to not take things personally, which is one of the hardest things to do because, and this is why you probably wrote into us because we're objective, but to me, it's like, this relationship you have your, with your sister really isn't about you. It sounds like it's the relationship she has with everybody. Yep. And when you get to that place, man, it's a game changer. Um. So consider it. And you can use code you 25 for 25% off your first month. And then if you have a submission that you want to send to us, just go to joinblush.com and click podcast. You'll see a submission form there. Or you can write into you at joinblush.com. Those submissions go straight to... Myself and Elise. So we would love to hear from you. And yeah, we're um we're all good. Andrew just walked in the door. So I got, I got kicked out of my office. So I'm using um <laughs> I'm Andrew's office. So
1: yay
0: for LA Square Footage. <laughs>
1: okay, well, we love you all. Send us submissions and we'll talk to you soon.
0: And can we get along? Hold in there buddy he's got this.
1: You got this. You got
0: okay. It. Bye guys.